This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You're listening to the Happy as a Mother podcast. I am so excited to inform you that we have Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor back on the show today. You may recall that Dr. Jill joined episode number 70 when we discussed whole brain mommying and ways to regulate our emotions and tap into whole brain living. Dr. Jill is a Harvard-trained and published neuroanatomist, meaning that she studies the anatomy of the brain and helps us to understand our own anatomy and biology in ways that empower us to be in the driver's seat of our own emotions and regulating those emotions. Dr. Jill was chosen as one of Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential People in the World. She was on Oprah Winfrey's Soul Series. She has a New York Times bestselling book, a viral TED Talk that has been viewed over 35 million times, and she joins us on the Happy as a Mother podcast again today to discuss the impacts of sleep deprivation on our brain, most effective coping methods for these stages of life, such as postpartum, where sleep deprivation is inevitable. She also goes into detail about the importance of nutrition from a brain perspective and how it helps us to regulate our emotions and feelings in the postpartum period. And we also discuss in detail the impacts of alcohol on the brain and movement's impact on the brain. This is such a mind-opening interview. I absolutely love every moment that I get to spend with Dr. Jill. She is such a hoot. So wherever I am with you today, whether we're driving in the car or it's kiddo's nap time, we're out for a stroller walk, get ready because you are in for a treat. Let's hear my conversation with Dr. Jill. Hey mamas, Erica here. I don't know about you, but I spent my time before baby's arrival prepping things like the nursery and shopping online for clothes and all the baby gear when really what I needed to be preparing for was my adjustment into motherhood or my postpartum experience. What I truly needed was a birth plan for mom. And guess what? I've created the resource I wish I had. A child isn't the only one who needs care and support during the postpartum period. It is so important that we learn to mother the mother. And in this case, for you to learn how to cultivate your own inner mother and nurture yourself in the postpartum period. And the postpartum prep list that I created helps you to do just that. It will help you to think through and prioritize your needs in the postpartum period as well as educate you on any of the red flags or things to be mindful of in terms of postpartum depression, anxiety, or intrusive thoughts. It is a 20-page substantial resource, and it is completely free. This is something I wish I had and I want all moms to have so they feel empowered and prepared to go into whether it's their first-time birth experience or adding siblings and additional members of their family. This resource is for anyone going through that transition. You can find it at happyasamother.co slash prep list. It's happyasamother.co slash P-R-E-P list. Welcome to the Happy as a Mother podcast, where we are dedicated to helping you cope with the load of motherhood. I'm your host and registered psychotherapist, Erica Jossa. Let's work together in letting go of shame and guilt, accepting where we are in our journey, and moving towards becoming the women we want to be. We will hear from experts, learn practical tips, and listen in on honest conversations. Please note that the information shared in this podcast is for educational purposes only and should not replace the advice of your healthcare provider. Okay, let's dive in. Dr. Jill, thank you so much for taking the time to come back and be on the Happy as a Mother podcast. Our episode about 
We called it Whole Brain Mommying because we were talking about the four different characters in how we manage our rage, 90 seconds worth of adrenaline pumping through and riding out that 90 seconds. So many amazing, empowering strategies for managing mom rage, understanding our brain, understanding that whole brain living and whole brain mommying piece. And so many questions came out of that interview. I love when we can pull guests back and really dive deeper into listeners' questions and feedback. So thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you. This is fun for me. So let's go. Let's go deeper. Thank you for having me back. Well, one of the things that I think that was interesting for me was at the very end, we opened up this topic of taking care of our postpartum brain and sleep and the impacts of sleep on the brain and sugar and the impacts of sugar on the brain. And I was just like, oh my goodness, this is such a big topic that I think it's worth its whole own episode because really, realistically speaking, we don't know how to best take care of our brain. And I think that There's a lot of competing information or maybe like natural products or supplements, and it all becomes really confusing. But from a specialist, neuroanatomist who really understands the function of the brain, when you broke down things like sleep and the importance of sleep and why it's so important for health, for example, it was just really mind-blowing. And I think there's so many practical things for us to glean from this conversation on how to take care of our brain in the postpartum period. That is such a challenging or taxing time on our brain, shall we say? Yes. There's a baby involved. <laughs> yeah. And we had Dr. Jody. she's another like neuroscientist on talking about mom brain and how our brain changes and this whole new neuro sort of network comes online and there's it's a really amazing time and there's all these changes happening. Yeah. But I would love to talk about maybe some key pieces that are going on in our brain in the postpartum period. One is understanding sleep and its importance. And then I would love for us to talk about, um, after we unpack that a little bit, when life demands so much from us and we can't get much sleep, like how do we best care for our brain during that time? Right. So, you know, the more I think about sleep, the more important I realize sleep is. But I'm going to equalize that with nutrition because okay, we are in a society right now where there is so much contamination, it's a big word, but it's really accurate, in our food. Mm. And what that means to the body, I always say the proof is in the puppy. I had a puppy, I had a dog who was very ill, and I would treat her and feed her things and just completely watch her and see how does she feel. And if she's feeling perky and she's happy and she's good, then if I took her to the vet and her liver enzymes were skewed all over creation, I didn't worry about it so much because the proof was in the puppy and the puppy seemed pretty good, Mm. relatively speaking. So I think it's really important that whether we're moms, whether we're going to be moms, whether we're in the process of being a mom, paying attention to how do different foods feel inside of our body. We may not be allergic to milk, cow milk. We may not be allergic to certain kinds of meat. We might not be allergic, which is a severe physiological response, but we may be intolerant. And what intolerance does then is intolerance increases inflammation inside of the body. And when we experience inflammation inside Mm. of our body, this is when we're going to be feeling pain. I love eggs, but I cannot eat eggs because I notice if I eat eggs, I'm not allergic to them. I don't vomit. I don't have a severe allergic response. But when I'm out playing on my toys, I notice my joints ache. Well, that's because I have now had Mm. an intolerance to that particular food. So... I'm talking about all of this because I think it's really important that if we're going to be sleep deprived, and we can pretty well guarantee we're going to be sleep deprived around the postpartum time. If we are sleep deprived, what other things Mm -hmm. can we do in order to help ourselves? First of all, sleep is critically important. It's like get off the screen time. So if we're going to approach sleep, 
spend as little time as possible on the iPad, on the computer, on the phone. Give yourself a break. Allow yourself to be a new mother. Now, if part of your life and your work and your involvement is screen time, you have a podcast. You have to get on screen time. Do screen time. But pay attention to the other time that you're on screen time and cut it down. And I'm saying this because screen time actually has a profound impact on the circadian rhythm. And your circadian rhythm, and the circadian rhythm Mm. is our natural light-dark cycle. And our body wants to sleep when it's dark, and it wants to be awake when there's light. So screen time, though, messes with that system at a biochemical level, at the level of our brain. So especially if you think you're going to get any shut-eye because, oh my gosh, the baby's going to get put down to go to sleep, and it's like you might be able to get some time in there too, take it. Always arrange your life around Mm -hmm. your ability to get some quality sleep time. And just knowing that, okay, well, now the baby is going to sleep, then, you know, hopefully we were able to no screen time while we're breastfeeding, if we're breastfeeding, no screen time while we're bottle feeding, if we're bottle feeding. Allow that time as you're lulling the baby, giving it nutrition and allowing that moment to be. It's a magical moment of connection mm-hmm. and suckling and what whatever it's suckling on, it doesn't matter, but it's this beautiful time for connection. Mm-hmm. Put all your electronics away. Pay conscious attention to the digital world. So that's my number one is watch out for the, the digital. Number two then is going to be the nutrition of paying attention to your own consumption Because again, you may have these minor intolerances that actually result in inflammation inside of your body that leave you feeling even more dulled because you're sleep deprived. So what can we do to protect the sleep? And then what can we Mm. do to protect our bodies uh, in the event that we are going to be sleep deprived? So those are my top two. Yeah. I work a lot with clients on sleep hygiene routines and Sleep is such a, I say, like temperamental topic in the postpartum period. I find sometimes on social media I have to tread lightly because I know as a mom of three young boys how sleep deprivation is really difficult. And to tell a new mom, you know, just get more sleep can feel just aggravating because all they want to do is sleep. But realistically, when we talk sleep hygiene routines, there are things that are within our control that can help us to, uh, like you said, keep our circadian rhythm. So like if we're talking sleep hygiene routine with clients, it'll be things like eliminating screen time after a certain time, monitoring our caffeine intake in the daytime, having a routine each night that starts to signal our brain that it's time to go to sleep, right? right? And there are things that we can do to build out a sleep hygiene routine. Now, can we back up for just a moment and explain why are we going to prioritize sleep so much? Like what does sleep do for our brain and our functioning that we need to be so intentional about it? Oh, absolutely. You know, last time I probably focused on what it does at the level of the brain, but I'll go back into that. So the brain is made up of these beautiful cells, these beautiful neurons, like 800 billion neurons. That's almost a trillion neurons. And then multiply that by 10. And then you have the number of glial cells, which are the little cells that pack around those neurons to hold everybody in a position, a solid positioning. So we've got like 10 trillion cells right there inside of that brain. And these are little living creatures. They are eating and consuming. They're consuming Mm. oxygen. They're consuming calcium and potassium and all the molecules that they need in order to function. And they are consuming all the chemicals and molecules that they need to be able to communicate with one another effectively. So it's not just the chemistry of the neurons, it's the chemistry between the neurons, the primary cells of the nervous system, so that they can communicate well with one another. So it's a delicate balance in there. 
and they're eating and they're creating waste. They're little living creatures. They're just like these newborns that we're, we're getting. We're feeding them and they're creating waste. And we know what happens if we don't clean up the waste <laughs> immediately, right? And so mm. this is what sleep does. Sleep is the time where we settle everything down and there's we were minimizing the amount of new input so that the, everybody's not working quite so hard. And it's like nighttime, the janitor system comes in and they start cleaning out the waste. And we have to have that. We mm. have to have that. Otherwise, we feel foggy in the brain. So this is why if we don't get a good night's sleep after especially two nights, one night, you know, most of us can kind of push it. But after two nights or if we're a new parent, it's like night after night after night, then we're trying to recreate a new system. It's just like we're a business inside of our head and we've got to reschedule now. When are we working and when is the janitorial system coming in in order to flush everything out? So that's just the health of the brain and how the brain feels. But what does the brain do? It controls and regulates the entire body. So our brain health is reflected mm. in our cardiovascular system. And our cardiovascular system is everywhere. Our brain controls our respiratory system. Our respiratory system is vital in order for us to be able to bring in the oxygen. And then we have to have the cardiovascular system happy and healthy in order to move that oxygen and all the nutrition to all of the cells. And then the cells are also, everybody is a living being. So they're consuming the nutrition that we're eating and they are creating waste. So again, we have to have that waste system going on. And then there's going to be a foreign debris. There's going to be large molecules. There's going to be strange molecules. And that's where the immune system comes in. It transports those larger molecules through the lymphatic system. And I mean, it's a system. There's a lot going on in there. And sleep is the key mm -hmm. to the success of the brain as it controls and regulates everything else that's going on. So that's why it's so critically important. Well, when I'm working with parents in the postpartum period too, often the focus is on regulating mood and so like anxiety, depression, low mood, anger, irritability, right? And then we talk about how the brain is responsible for all of these systems, emotion regulation and executive function being among those systems, right? And I think about those early postpartum days or even now if the kids are up and they're sick and I don't get much sleep and even though I'm not in like the thick of it like I was, the irritability that surfaces or the low mood or the, you know, challenges regulating anxiety these types of things. And I think that particularly when I'm working with clients who are already prone to mental health challenges before the postpartum period, so have already wrestled with depression or maybe have trauma in their lives or things like that, where sleep is such a crucial piece of us managing that, it really can, you know, shift those things out of alignment. And then here we are wrestling with these surges in these mood challenges again, right? Exactly. Yeah, you know, because when you think about that brain and the fundamental of brain health, sleep is a tool that the brain uses in order to bring it back into its own balance of having everything that it needs in order to function in a healthy way. And part of what it needs is replenished through sleep. And we are feeling creatures who think. So, which means the information's coming in from our external world and it's first going into our emotional systems, the cells of our emotion. And their fundamental job is to alarm, alarm, alert, alert. Am I safe? Am I safe? And if I'm not safe, I move into alarm, alarm, alert, alert. If I don't have enough sleep and I'm not rested and all those cells are replenished, then neurons function at a certain level of threshold. When we get more sleep, our threshold of tolerance and lack of anxiety and sense of peacefulness is higher. 
So as we become more and more sleep deprived, Hmm. it takes less and less stimulation because that threshold goes down. And then it only takes this much stimulation before I'm ready to bite your head off, as opposed to it's like, oh, Johnny's at it again. (sighs) You know, let's get Johnny under control. As opposed to, you know, if I'm up here, I have that level of tolerance. And otherwise, if I'm sleep deprived or... Or if I've got too much inflammation in my body and my body is battling that inflammation. And that's why paying attention to the nutrition Mm -hmm. is so important because if I have more inflammation in my body, then my body is working harder just to maintain my balance of homeostasis and health. So that's why it's so important. And part of intolerance to food ends up with a GI tract that doesn't function optimally. And my guess is that you spend a lot of time talking about the GI tract and waste and the consistency of a mother's or father's own bowels, as opposed to not just what's going on with an infant and an infant's waste textures. So paying attention to how is my own body functioning if I'm feeling constipated or I'm feeling too much diarrhea, too much water in the bowel then I need to really pay attention to what is it I'm eating because that's going to have a profound impact on the consistency of my own waste. And the waste is the proof in the puppy. As I said before, you know, the proof is in the puppy and how I feel in my head and how my body is creating its own waste gives me a whole ton of information about what is the overall health and well-being of my body while I'm going through this experience with this newborn. This is fascinating, and I have read before and know that there has been a link made with inflammation in the body and depressive mood, right? Can we lean into this inflammation to understand it a little bit? Like, What is the problem with inflammation? Why does it aggravate, you know, mood challenges and things? So inflammation, first of all, inflammation is, um, let's define it. Let's say you eat sugar. Yeah. And the sugar molecule is a, uh, this is why sugar's not such a good idea besides diabetes and all of that. That's the more complicated level. But the sugar molecule is actually the razor-sharp molecule. So as we eat sugar, yum, it goes into our system, and then those molecules are going to pass throughout our arterial system, our vascular system. And as it goes along, the arteries get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller, the more distal away from the heart the arteries go. And the molecule is actually so sharp that as it passes through these really narrow passageways, it cuts the wall of the blood vessel. And the blood vessel wall is made up of a specialized type of cells. So everything in the body is made up of these cells. So as the sugar molecule goes through like a razor blade, it cuts some of those up and it makes a mess. (laughs) That's the easiest way to say it. And it opens that cell up. And there are particles inside of that cell that alert the surrounding tissue. Hey, there's tissue damage here. I'm a cell. I've been cut. I dump out particles. And then the other tissue around says, hey, there's tissue damage. And so that communicates tissue damage to the neural into the neural system and the immune system is the peripheral part in out in the body part of the nervous system. And so the lymphatic system sends and the immune system starts sending cells to clean up the mess. Okay. So it's like alarm, alarm, alert, alert. Mm. Then we got a problem here. Call 911. And then you're going to have all the police and all the firemen and everybody's going to come in. And and so then (laughs) then you're going to have swelling happen right and so it's like like the crime scene okay so the crime scene is now filled with your immune cells lymphatic stuff all of this liquid because the only (laughs) way that you can get anything to travel anywhere in the body is by way of liquid so then it starts to swell okay well if it swells then those cells that are in there now they're all congested and they're tight and they can't function 
right? Because it's a crime scene. Mm. So that's inflammation. So that's why <laughs> I know. Well, you know, it's, it's the best way to describe it that people I understand. love it. It's amazing. <laughs> no, it's great. I love it. So, so that's inflammation. Okay. So now let's say I have vulnerable spots in my body. We all do. And it's usually at joints because joints are busy. They're working in conjunction to one another. And they have to have lots of space in there in order to, you know, do what they do comfortably. And then if you have inflammation in there, now they're rigid and they can't move so smoothly against one another because they got all this liquid in there, right? Crime scene. Mm. So that's inflammation. Now, as soon as that's happening in the body, you're going to have congestion and you're not going to have just a joint. Oh, you know, every time I eat sugar, my shoulder hurts. No, every time I eat sugar, my joints ache, right? My joints ache because Mm. now I've got inflammation going on. Now I can take things that are anti-inflammatory that can help that. And there are some natural things that you can take like berries, but you got to eat a lot of berries and there are seeds. There's uh, seeds that you can take that are mega powerful. And so that's a whole nother subject of nutrition. And you'll have to find a nutritionist to have that conversation. But I would encourage you to find a nutritionist to have that conversation with your your population. But what I'll say from my cellular perspective Mm -hmm. is that then what's happening is that if I eat eggs, I love eggs. If I eat eggs, I'm going to start feeling achy in my joints And I'm a very active person. So Mm. why do I eat eggs? Well, I've stopped eating eggs because they create inflammation in my body. I'm not allergic to them, but I feel achy. Okay, well, how do I feel when I eliminate my sugar? How do I feel about when I eliminate my eggs and, and peanuts? Peanuts is a big one for a lot of people and they don't realize it. Walnuts are great because it's a great fat for the brain, but peanuts... I don't think a peanut's even a nut, and they often have a lot of mold in relationship to them, so we end up getting these little microbes in there that uh, then do alarm, alarm, alert, alert, inflammation in the body, and you have the same problem. So that's the problem with inflammation. Mm. Now, if my body is inflamed, then my brain is on overload trying to figure out, okay, what do we have to do? We've got this emergency there. We got that emergency here. We've got this emergency there. It's busy taking care of these problems in the body. And what's going to happen to that threshold level of my anxiety? My anxiety threshold's going to go down Mm. because now I've got inflammation that I'm battling. I'm also going to have inflammation in the brain, which goes back to that. Uh, I have to have the janitorial system come in. Well, it's not just my brain is separate from everybody else, right? It's like like the brain is now on total overload. And when I'm on overload, I'm in alarm, alarm, alert, alert. I don't feel safe. I'm in my anxiety. My anxiety's up. My depression is up. My vulnerability, the feeling that I have is vulnerability, is up. And that's because I'm on overload. I'm simply on overload. And, you know, we talk about, you know, decades ago, they mm. used to say, oh, she had a, um, what did they say? A nervous breakdown. Well, what's a nervous breakdown? A nervous breakdown is an overload of everything going on. There's too much. I can't manage it. I feel out of control. I don't feel safe. I've got a newborn. I'm responsible for these other people. I just want to rage. I just want to get out of here. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just... And I think we can all relate to that feeling. Want to get smarter about your health, but feel overwhelmed trying to separate fact from fiction? We hear a lot about gut health, microbiomes, and other nutrition topics, but taking the time to research these is exhausting. And there's a lot of misinformation out there. The Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast makes it so much easier to get the information you need. With the help of world-leading scientists, the podcast gives you research-based information so you can make informed choices for yourself without pressure and guilt. People are loving Zoe Science and Nutrition. Listener Stephanie's Apple Review says the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is a life-changing, science-based, myth-busting podcast. That's a must-listen for anyone who eats food and wants to understand how it affects their body. 
With the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast, you can join Stephanie and millions of others accessing quality information about their health. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts. One of the most relentless mental loads is being the juggler of medical appointments. Researching doctors, reading reviews, making phone calls to book appointments, it's a lot of stress when you're already juggling so much invisible labor. That's what makes ZocDoc great for moms. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare hundreds of types of highly rated in-network doctors, including mental health providers, and instantly book appointments with them online. ZocDoc has doctors of all specialties, including therapists, psychiatrists, and psychologists with verified patient reviews so you can make sure they check all your boxes. You can find mental health providers who offer in-person appointments, virtual consults, or both, whatever works for you. The typical wait time to see a mental health provider booked on ZocDoc is just four days. Sometimes you can even book same-day appointments. Make juggling appointments easier with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash momwell and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated therapist, psychiatrist, or psychologist today. That's ZocDoc.com slash momwell. ZocDoc.com slash momwell. Mom rage often leads us to feeling ashamed, but the truth is that our rage doesn't mean we're bad moms. In fact, anger is a sign from our bodies that our needs aren't being met. As moms and therapists, Dr. Asherine Areem's psyched mommy and I understand mom rage. We know that we all lose our cool sometimes. And we also know that with the right tools and strategies in place, those moments happen less often. We've teamed up and combined our years of experience to create all the rage, Raising Kids with Less Anger and More Connection, a course designed to be your go-to resource for preventing and handling your anger. We dive into what causes your anger, how it impacts your body, how to reframe your thinking, and how to stay calm in triggering moments. And because we are all human, we also include strategies for repairing after we inevitably lose our cool. In honor of Maternal Mental Health Week, you can save $20 on the course with promo RAGE20 this week only. Don't miss out on your chance to save and make a positive change. Head to momwell.com slash rage and save with code rage20. That's momwell.com slash rage, code rage20. As you're talking about inflammation and the different foods and things like that, there's a couple of key conversations that I feel like come up in motherhood a lot around wine and is it like you know wine o'clock yet and then also this constant conversation about caffeine which I say as I sit here (laughs) sipping my coffee as we're you know having this interview one of the things that I've noticed myself but it's morning (laughs) yeah exactly and that's the thing about caffeine is it's got a very it's like a a nine or ten hour half-life so you got to cut yourself off of caffeine by noon if you want to sleep at night. Mm. So, yes, I, mm-hmm. but see, where I am, I'm behind you in time. <laughs> so that's my defense. Right. And like I was telling you before off air that, you know, I'm doing this interview from my closet as we've moved to a new house. And in the new house, I've gotten a new espresso machine because I used to be a barista back in the day before I did this. And I can make a really lovely, fancy coffee. Well, with that comes an influx of caffeine because I just love the process of making these drinks and things. And I, I found that my cutoff tends to be around 3 p.m. or else if I lay down at my like 10, 11, I'm just sort of staring at the roof, right? So I think that if we can understand and unpack these a little bit, caffeine and alcohol, I feel like specifically, and maybe you know of others that you want to throw into this conversation, but Alcohol for a number of reasons. One, when I think about having wine, I think about how swollen my hands get. And as you're talking about inflammation, I don't know if there's an inflammation piece that comes with alcohol, but can we unpack its effects on this process that we're talking about? Yeah. So this is such a good conversation. And the only other thing I would throw into that is sugar. And alcohol has sugar. 
So the thing about alcohol, I mean, it's a great, first of all, it sounds divine, doesn't it? A glass of wine in the evening. <laughs> I mean, it just, everybody, it just, I mean, I mean, it sounds like a good idea. I personally don't drink wine, but I am sorry I don't drink wine because I like the idea, you know? I mean, so. It just sounds relaxing. It sounds relaxing. It sounds like idealized. It exactly. Sounds... You know, you're going to yeah. relax and you're going to, you know, there's a bouquet to it. And you just get to have the experience of it. And it's just, <laughs> it sounds divine. But it gives me an instant headache because it's got sulfates in it. Now, sulfates is an issue if you're a wine drinker, especially the red wines, the darker wines, have sulfate. And sulfate, a lot of people are allergic to sulfate. And so if you get a headache in relationship to the wine while you're drinking it, or like almost instantaneously, it's probably got something to do with the sulfates in the wine. Uh, occasionally you can buy wine that doesn't have sulfates, but it's part of the preservative system, so they tend to have that. So alcohol in general, whatever it is you're consuming, alcohol goes in to the brain. Now I gotta go back to the cells. I'm a cell, I'm, I'm a bunch of cells. So the cells are all in environment. So like there's, let's say there's a thousand people in a tight room and we're all kind of squeezed into this tight room and this is normal and this is how we function and we're all just kind of tight so we all communicate and we you know we i can communicate with you way over there because i've got a neuron that goes way over there an axon that goes way over there whatever or i communicate to you because you're halfway across the room because we share a same friend and so i communicate with the friend and they communicate with you and everything is just absolutely good then we put alcohol into the system mm -hmm. and as soon as we put alcohol in we all start to dehydrate a little right our liquid starts to get sucked out of our bodies and and then we become more like instead of happy little plums we become more like little prunes and this relationship between alcohol sucking liquid out of us and then us becoming rehydrated is traumatic to us and so we become weaker because alcohol is literally sucking the life out of us and that's why we all feel relaxed because the brain cells are all going well i can't function can you you can't function mm. and i can't communicate with you anymore because the one between us she's stoned too we're all just stoned <laughs> Right? The brain cells are all traumatized. Right? And so we're non-functional. Well, that's why we, the big brain, feel intoxicated because they're intoxicated. The cells are traumatized. Alcohol is not good for the brain. So now you and I, we're a bunch of cells and we've just like, had, you know, and so why is it we all need, we wake up in the middle of the night and we drink water? It's because we're dehydrated because the cells mm -hmm. have had all the liquid sucked out of them. And now we're desperate for some liquid, right? And depending on the alcohol and the person, we probably just urinated out because that's what we do, right? We drink, we urinate. Well, what are we urinating? We're not urinating just what we consumed. We're urinating because we've just sucked all the liquid out of our cells. And so now we're, we're and why do we have mm -hmm. a headache? We have a headache because... The cells are traumatized and, you know, enough of this, enough alcohol on the binging and, you know, I'm sorry, I can't take it anymore. I die. And so I die and I'm not available anymore. Mm. And when you look at the brains of people who are alcoholics, what do they look like? They look like a whole bunch of cells have died because a whole bunch of cells have died because it mm -hmm. is traumatic to me. So... You know, it, it, it's that's what's happening with alcohol. Alcohol is a poison. It is a toxin to the human body and to the human brain. So it's really not a good idea. And we mm. fantasize it as this really good thing. And it's horrible to ourselves. Yeah. So what might we do instead? Go for a walk. 
pick up that infant and walk around mm. the neighborhood. Get the blood flowing. Be gracious and kind to your own body. I mean, that's, you know, now let's go to caffeine and what's caffeine doing? So we have a system inside of our mm -hmm. brain and caffeine is physiologically designed. I know your people are going to hate me now because I'm taking away all their treasures. I <laughs> think <laughs> <laughs> that I can't have my wine anymore. I don't it's like her. So don't, important. don't invite her back. No, it's so important to understand. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to know what's going on with it, you know, at a physiological I mean, level... <laughs> I mean, we're drunk because they're drunk, right? It's empowering for us to know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, we feel so out of control in the postpartum period, and it feels so helpless, like there's nothing we can do to help ourselves. And I feel like a lot of us, because of this mummy wine culture or because of the narratives that are painted around postpartum and motherhood, I just recently did another episode, and I don't know if it'll air before this one or after, with Recovery is the New Black, talking about how alcohol is not a solution for motherhood, right? And it's so important for us to understand why professionals talk about the importance of nutrition, why we talk about the importance of movement, which you're about to go into here now, or why we talk about limiting certain things like screen time or alcohol consumption. And when we understand from a biological perspective why it is so important for our functioning to do these things, you know, I might still decide on a weekend when I'm having friends over to have a couple glasses of wine because, hey, it's something that I'm consciously choosing to do that I'd like to socially do on the weekend. But then I might also be very mindful that I have a week coming up where I have to be on point and creative and I want my brain to be quick and not sluggish and not foggy. And so I'm going to hydrate myself and take care of my brain in a way that makes it serve me better, right? And serve my mood better and serve my family better so that I can be empowered in those decisions that I'm making. So I know that these can be hard conversations to have because it's we're not trying to, you know, take away all of the joy or all of the fun things. It's really just trying to empower you with information. So Yes, absolutely. And, you know, before we go away from alcohol, there's a whole lot of sugar in alcohol. So that goes right, right back to on top of the dehydration experience of these cells, we're pumping ourselves with sugar. And that goes right back to the inflammation, not just in the brain, but inflammation in the body. So uh, it is, it, it's a poison. I mean, it's a, a you know, billion dollar, multi-billion dollar market of how do we delicately poison ourselves with different, um, you know, intoxicants, which is fine. You know, I mean, we're free to do that. But as you said, be <laughs> very cautious. like that. Yeah, be very cautious. <laughs> when you say it like that, you're like, you're... You're free to poison yourself. You are. And I'm just like, I don't think we understand. I don't yeah. think we understand. And, you know, I shared a little bit of my story. It should be illegal. I'm just going to say that from a purely biological person uh, perspective, yeah. it should be illegal based on just as we should not be snorting glue, we should not be selling poison to our society the way that we are. But our society is unhealthy enough that we want to escape our own unhealthy reality by doing something mm -hmm. even more detrimental to our system. So, mm -hmm. you know, I enjoy a good beer. I'm the first to say. But, you know, if I drink two beers a month, that's a lot because I have other addictions that I would rather engage in. I would rather go for a bike ride. Well, okay, I can't mm. take my baby for a bike ride. Well, you can strap that beautiful little thing onto your chest and go for a nice walk, you know? And now you yeah. got a little bit of weight that you're holding. Well, I got two of them. Well, stick one on the back or come up with a different way or put them in a stroller. I mean, there's a million excuses to not do healthy things and to do unhealthy things. And mm. you really have to take a look at yourself and say, what do I really want my life to be? And, and, you know, mm. I, I'm like that. It's like, it's your beautiful cells. And if we're struggling because we're in an environment now where we've got other little people who we're responsible for, 
you know, lifting that child is like lifting a weight. And if I look at that as my workout and I try to do that weightlifting differently, or I've got a lot of kids and I've got a lot of laundry, I can do squats as I'm doing the laundry, taking things in and putting things out of the dryer. I mean, there's all kinds of, it's a mindset Mm. in a lot of cases. Don't you think, Erica? It's a mindset. You know, I'm busy. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm doing my chores. And it's like, well, what if your mindset was, this is actually your exercise program and that you're honoring Mm. the fact that it's important for me to get good exercise and then I I can actually change the form of my body as I'm doing these things because I'm going, 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 going. And, you know, I'm completely sympathetic to young mothers who have so much to do every day and truly Mm -hmm. taking the time to take care of the self is so hard because I'm responsible and there's this level of insanity because children are insane. They literally do not have an Mm. organized, structured mind. (laughs) Very few of them come out of the womb wanting to clean up their room, right? Mm -hmm. So the young mother is completely responsible for chaos. And how do I create order out of the chaos? And you have to truly begin with yourself. And that's why we care about what are you Mm. eating? How much sleep are you getting? And what are your consumptions? What are you consuming where you feel like you're nurturing yourself? I would so much rather have you go soak your body in a bathtub and give yourself some bubble time as opposed to the other kind of bubbly time. I agree with you. And I have this free postpartum prep list. And it's built around this idea of nests, nutrition, exercise, sleep, time for self, and support. And this free resource has you map out how you're going to prioritize these things and how you're going to fit them into the postpartum period, who you can call to help you. It's a whole interactive guide and it's free, happyasamother.co slash prep list, so that you can figure out how in this adjustment into motherhood you're going to plan and consciously try to take care of yourself in this way because we're so used to mothering the baby and prioritizing the baby that nobody prepares us for mothering ourselves in the postpartum period and for mothering the mother. You know, nobody mothers the mother. And the reasons why I bring on guests like yourself or that we have these conversations is because there is nothing more important to me in this platform and in my mission than mothering the mother, being on your side and bringing things to you that are going to help you and empower you through this transition. Because we could buy into, you know, some of these narratives around motherhood. But if we do that, and if I just go along with it and don't empower you with information and have these conversations, then I'm doing you a disservice, right? It's not helping you. And then we find ourselves sort of trapped in these mindsets or in these ways of coping that are actually creating more problems for us than they are good. Right. Mm. I I love that. I would love to have, if you would send me that, I would love to have that available for people who come to me with these questions because you're absolutely right. And, you know, I think that that's going to take us right back to the conversation about whole brain living, because it is true that Mm -hmm. I, as the mother, how do I self-soothe myself? So my threshold level of anxiety can actually get higher so that I have a higher level of tolerance? How do I protect myself in the best way that I can? Because simply motherhood is such a demand on the mother. I am completely now, mm-hmm. now this, this infant is dependent, completely dependent. And so my whole perception of self has now just shifted to me and this addition to me. It's no longer in my womb, but now it's attached to my body. It's attached to my life. It's, you know, before at least I could maybe get some sleep, but now that it's external, it's a whole other demand. And so Mm -hmm. how do I listen to my own needs in what my own body, if I'm, if my level of rage is easily triggerable, then what that says to me is that my threshold level of my own biology 
is out of sync. I need help. And uh, I love what you said. This is about nutrition, exercise, sleep, self, and support. We have to have all of those. Mm -hmm. And we can set ourselves up for success. And then we have to ask ourselves, okay, well, what does that really mean to me, the individual? And how do I do that for myself? And your guidance, I think, is just spot on beautiful because these will be suggestions for people to be able to say, well, I can't do that. That's not an option in my life because I have eight under the age of 10. And, you know, but it's like, okay, well, what can we do? And also recognize what am I Mm -hmm, doing that might mm -hmm. actually be interfering with my cells because ultimately, okay, maybe I never thought about myself as a bunch of cells. I thought about myself as a woman and a mother and, you know, but I am cells. So if I'm thinking about them, then they're 50 trillion strong. I mean, you're the big mama for the 50 trillion too. So I know there, everybody's rolling their eyes going Mm -hmm. like, I just needed 50 trillion new infants to take care of. And, but you know, these are beautiful. (laughs) We're, We're these magnificent, beautiful creatures. And, and they do have needs. And when I'm tired, it's my cells telling me they need sleep. And if I'm irritable, my cells are telling me my threshold has come down and I need to take steps that I need to take in order to make them feel less vulnerable. How do I take care of my own needs? How can I replenish? And for some of us, Mm -hmm. it might be going for a bike ride or, you know, asking a, a neighbor, can you watch my kids for 20 minutes and just, you know, put on some of your favorite music that lifts you up or lays you down in softness, whatever it works for you, and and take 20 minutes, either Mm -hmm. lay it on the couch and zone in and let your body rest, let your brain rest, let your anxiety level reset itself, or go for a walk or whatever, whatever the need is for you Mm -hmm. that actually replenishes your system. And that's why I love that you have choices for people. You have ideas for people. Yeah. And can we quickly, I know that we're nearing the end of our time here, but can we quickly unpack, we unpacked like why inflammation in the body is, you know, a challenge and, and the function of sleep and how it helps ourselves, but movement. Yes. What is it that is so key about movement? Yes. Oh, there was a study done and it is a linear line between amount of movement and amount of life. So when we're very alive, we move a lot and our health is high. And at our death, we have no movement. Well, that makes sense, right? Because we don't have a system. And right before Mm. we move into death, we slow down, slow down, slow down. So we have to consider that movement is directly related to health and life, amount of life that we have. And that's because we are cells and the cardiovascular system, which is going to carry all the nutrition to all the cells and oxygen to all the cells. I got a big rainstorm hitting me right now. And oh, is it raining? Yeah, that gorgeous <laughs> rain just pounding right now. It's, it's all good. Everybody's set for that. So the movement, the cardiovascular system, the heart is pump, 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 pump. And it's pumping out into the, you know, the muscles of our body so that we can move around. And it's moving all of that nutrition and oxygen to all the cells. And you need to be able to have good fluid movement of the nutrition. If you just sit there, we all know that that if we sit too long, our butt goes to sleep, right? And our butt goes to sleep because there's no fluid movement bringing the nutrition and waking everybody up. So movement is everything. Movement, Mm. sleep, and nutrition, those are the three big things that uh, setting a good plan for how to create health inside of ourselves is important. And we all know that when we're healthy and we look at our children and our children are out playing, right? Why do we let them go play like little crazy people? Because we want them to wear themselves out so that they sleep. So if we're having a problem with quality of sleep, Mm -hmm. our own movement system is saying, 
I need to exhaust myself. And now everybody's rolling their eyes going, trust me, Dr. Jill, I'm exhausted. But exhaustion in you, if you don't have movement throughout your body, it can just be exhaustion without sleep. You know, sometimes we are so exhausted we can't sleep. Right. And this is another whole problem. So we need the movement inside of our own body. And when you talk about how things are moved via liquid in our body, like it makes so much sense that movement gets those systems flowing, gets the blood pumping, allows for whether it's, you know, I think about like mesonile nine, you know, like clearing out those emergency things that are happening or the inflammation, like it's flowing and getting that liquid moving through our body. Our feet are a long way yeah. away from our heart. So we're not just moving it around. We are pushing it up gravity. Mm. And those vessels are cells. And the muscles around the blood vessels help squeeze the blood vessels to pump the fluid back up. So it's a very delicate, beautiful system. And keeping the muscles good, muscles in our legs, muscles in our bum, muscles in our arms, all, muscles in our backs and, and our, our abdomens, all of it, they're all engaged in circulation. And for moms who are listening to this and are like, you know, I know as a mom of three, how much you have on your plate and how much you have to think about. And it's also important that we prioritize our needs and learn to mother and nurture and take care of ourselves. And how can we do that? Like Dr. Jill was saying, it's not about, you know, adding a gym routine in that you're going and working out so hard that you're throwing up and you're like, you know, it's not all or nothing. And I know that for a lot of people who listen to this podcast, we probably struggle with things like perfectionism or things like anxiety, things like, you know, like wanting to do it perfectly, wanting to mother in the right way or feeling a lot of pressure. And I just want to say that this is not at all about perfection ways that I incorporate movement are by taking all the laundry from the main floor, folding it, and then walking it up and down the stairs to the kids' rooms when I'm feeling sluggish and foggy, or taking the kids for a walk to the park or getting out, strapping them in the stroller. That's how a lot of you even listen to this podcast, right? So it's not about taking it to be all or nothing. It's not about saying that you can never have alcohol or it's not taking it to those all or nothing places. It's really just empowering you with information, giving you ideas to be able to mother and nurture and take care of you, right? If you're finding that you are in a season where maybe you're struggling with insomnia, well, then you might think about pulling back on your caffeine for right now limiting your consumption and putting a sleep hygiene routine in place and figuring out a good routine for you. If you feel like you're struggling with inflammation and sluggishness, but you usually have a glass of wine or two in the evenings, maybe we cut some of that back and drink like soda water, replace it with a fun bubbly soda water drink with like a flavor in it that still feels like a treat for you. You know, it's wanting to have these habits in a way that are going to be helpful for us and help us to feel better. And this is something that I've had to do. I love to have a white claw or I love to have a glass of wine, but I also have become really good friends with my, (laughs) is it like soda stream or my bubbly waters and stuff too, because at the end of the day, I want to tune into my body and listen to how it responds to the things that I'm, you know, putting in it as well. This is not about depriving yourself of what you use or what you need in order to help yourself balance. My focus is on looking at how you are managing and what the current state of your own body is and what do you need in order to bring yourself to the next level of your own health. And simply knowing that Mm -hmm. wine has this impact on us, then, you know, you're going to probably get up and urinate in the middle of the night anyway because of a glass of wine. Schedule that. Plan for that. Know that if by chance you're going to get six hours, oh my gosh, I know to a lot of you it's like six hours. Seriously, you really think I'm going to get that Mm -hmm. much? I understand that. But if you're sipping wine and drinking wine and you know that your routine means that in four hours you're going to have to get up 
and urinate, then you just broke your own sleep patterns. So maybe you figure out how to do that a little bit differently on a different timetable, or at least do it being consciously knowing how you're influencing your own system because you're a biological system Mm -hmm. that is going to function in however you do it. And I'm guessing that even just thinking about these things allows you now to observe yourself as you engage in movement, as you're doing your laundry, as you're lifting that infant up and down, you know, and it's like, oh, this is exercise. I don't need to go to the gym. I've got an infant. I mean, I got a little, what, 10-pound sack <laughs> yeah. right here. I don't need you know? a gym pass. <laughs> I don't need to go lift weight. You know, we can make it fun. I mean, there's all kinds of weird stuff on yoga. You can do yoga with the baby. Get on the floor, and, and you're doing something, and yet you're still engaging. So how do I take my life and manage it in a slightly, how can I shift my own perception of, of what am I doing? Because you are moving, you are exercising. Pay attention to what are you consuming? How are you feeling based on what you're eating? And a little bit more Mm -hmm. conscious living on your part can make a really big difference in how you manage day by day. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time. This is an amazing supplement to our interview where we unpack some of the strategies from your new book, Whole Brain Living. That episode is called Whole Brain Mommying because we've tied it into motherhood in such an important way. So thank you, Dr. Jill, for coming back, doing this deep dive, taking some of these additional questions. I know that so many are going to benefit from our conversation here today. Perfect. Thanks so much for having me back, Erica. Take good care. I can't even begin to tell you how happy and honored I am that you choose to spend your time here with me each week. If you're looking for the resources and things that were discussed in today's show, you can find them in the show notes, which is linked in the episode description, or you can head directly to happyasamother.co slash podcast and find all of the show notes there. If you're looking for support and connection with other moms, you can head over to facebook.com slash groups slash happy as a mother and join our Facebook community. This community is filled with women just like you and I who want to support and uplift one another through our postpartum journey. And until next episode, mama, I want you to know, keep showing up. You're doing a great job.